Welcome to the Life & Law Podcast. I'm Heather Mulder, former AmLaw 100 partner turned lawyer coach who, just five years into my legal career, found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. But I was determined not to become yet another lawyer burnout statistic. And so I redefined success on my own terms, enabling me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I now help purpose-driven lawyers confidently retake control of their careers and create their next level of success and impact. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hello there. This is Heather Mulder, the host of the Life in Law Podcast, and I'm so happy that you're here with me today. So for those of you here in the United States, happy Thanksgiving, a little bit belated. It is the week after Thanksgiving. I hope you had a wonderful holiday and a safe one. And for those of you not in the United States, I hope you had a great weekend. So we are in the midst of the holiday season, y'all, right? We've just had Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Tomorrow is December 1st, at least at the time that this is released. And we are headed into really the big holiday season of Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, all the year-end stuff. And that tends to provide a bit more stress, right? We love the holidays on, on one hand, but yet it can be really, really stressful. And I think that's especially the case for a lot of lawyers out there, especially you transactional lawyers. Hello, I see you. I know how hard this time of year can be with all of the year-end transactions that have to close. I don't really know why that is. I mean, I do know why because I was a corporate finance lawyer, but it did seem like 65, 70% of my work happened in the last three months of the year. And that made for not just a busy and chaotic end of year, but sometimes it seemed to really ruin the holidays because of how much we had to work. So I know what you're going through. I've been there. And there's all kinds of other pressures and stresses, right? There's the year-end collection drive if you're in a private practice. There's the year-end kind of um, review process that a lot of us have to go through, regardless of whether you're in private practice or in the corporate world. There's, you know, bonuses that we want to get that we find out about towards the end of the year. And then there's also the family pressure, the pressure to be at home more, the events that we all have to go through. And we didn't do so much of that last year, but a lot of us are starting to do more of it this year. Some of you may still not be, but many people really are starting to get together more and more, which is great. We like to connect. But again, there's stress that revolves around that, the getting everything ready, making sure you have the right gifts for people, making sure that you've put together the right food. There's all of that added stress that just comes with planning those events and getting ready for them, even though they're supposed to be fun, right? And then also there's the financial aspect. We're usually spending more money at the end of the year, which puts a little bit more strain and pressure on us. And I want to relay a bit of a a story (laughs) to you about when this kind of all came to a head for me um, when I was practicing law. So I remember very clearly, this was um, a couple of days before Christmas. 
I was kind of towards the tail end of one of the worst colds that I could, I'd really ever had. It wasn't as bad as the flu, but it seemed close to it. And although I was at the tail end, I had this cough that would not stop. And of course, I'm busily wrapping presents and the paper is everywhere and it was making my cough worse and I just felt miserable. And it was like 9.30 at night. And in the midst of all of this, I was handling frantic phone calls on a deal that absolutely had to close by year end. This was a deal for a distressed company. It absolutely had to go through. My client was not the company. They were the bank. But there was a lot of pressure. It was kind of get this closed or else. And so I had to just push through. I had to just push through. And I just kept thinking, God, what is matter with you? You've done this before. This has happened before. And I, w- I was having a really, really hard time. Now, of course, it had rarely happened before to this degree. But as happens when we go through these types of situations, I wasn't being 100% honest with myself about what I had been through before. And if I was really being honest, I would have also realized that there were some other key differences. I was officially over 40 by this time. And let me tell you, <laughs> people out there who have not reached 40 yet, it does make a difference. There is something about turning 40 that you just you can't push through as easily as you did before. You're just not as young. And this was post-cancer. This was about two years post-cancer, which also was very different because my body was different. And I'd, I'd had a really tough time through my treatment. And I, I had this kind of mindset at the time where I was like, well, I'm back to normal, right? And <laughs> let me just say, I really wasn't. I, my body was still feeling some of the repercussions and the impact from that. And so it was really, really hard for me to just push through, as I always had before. And so this is actually when I started to research how to better manage my stress at work when I was super busy. Like, what what do I do? I don't have a choice here. I do have to kind of push through on at least this deal, right? And there are going to be times within my practice where I'm going to be crazy busy, and I don't have that choice. And I get that. It happens. And I think this is the time of year where that happens the most. And so I started doing some research around this time. And it's when I figured out that taking regularly scheduled breaks uh, really do help. And I have a whole episode on that. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to episode number 22. And if you have, but you only halfway listened to it, go back and listen to it again, because it really can help. And I will have a link to that in the show notes. So be sure to check it out. Here's the thing, though, that I started to realize. It really wasn't a great thing that I'd just been pushing through for so long, even when I was younger and could do it. Because the fact of the matter was, I was rushing through the holidays, not getting enough sleep. And although I felt like I was handling it okay, I wasn't really handling it as well as I could have, if I'm being all that honest. I wasn't that happy. I wasn't enjoying the holidays that much. And I grew up loving the holiday season and couldn't wait to get older and have kids and share my joy for the holidays that was infused within me thanks to my mom. It was one of those things she did really, really well. I wanted to share that with my kids. And it had kind of been ruined for me. And I didn't feel like I was really sharing that joy with my kids because everything was so frantic and rushed and I was just miserable. I was tired. And so here's what I'm trying to say. 
I'm not saying that sometimes you're not going to have to work longer hours. It does come with the job, okay? Or that you can always enforce every single boundary to absolute perfection. But here is what I am saying. Those periods, number one, should be few and short. And when you do have these more difficult, busy time periods, there are specific things you still need to ensure that you are doing so that you're taking good care of yourself as best you can. So it is not okay to push you off just because you're busier. Sadly, it's really easy to do that, right? Because you don't have to answer to anybody else except you. And so that's what we do. And we then think, well, I don't have to answer to anybody else, so it's okay to do this. But I want to remind you that that's not really true. We've already talked about in a previous episode why you need to put yourself first and how you absolutely deserve to do that for yourself. We also talked about how your family deserves that, how your clients and your colleagues and your firm deserve that because you need to be well, not just feel good, but be well, if you are going to serve everybody else well, and you can't do your best work if you're not putting yourself first. So if you missed that episode and you're having trouble with the mentality around putting yourself first, you need to go back and listen to that one too. And I will put a link to that episode in the show notes as well. Let's say that you are bought in. Okay, I know, Heather. I know I need to take care of myself. I know I need to prioritize my own self-care, no matter how busy this season is. But I'm having trouble with doing it. Can you help me? That's what we're doing today. We're going to get into the things that you can do and the things that you really must do in order to ensure that you truly are prioritizing your own well-being when things do get crazy busy. Because let's face it, it's part of practicing law. And I know there's lots of you out there who are not lawyers who are also like, yeah, well, um, I'm crazy busy too. It's not you, just you lawyers out there. <laughs> I got you. Everything we're talking about today is designed around helping all of you. All right, so number one, I want you to start asking the right questions of yourself. So remember, self-care isn't just about feeling good. It's more than that. And honestly, there are a lot of things out there that we do as part of our so-called self-care routine that makes us feel good in the moment but aren't actually that good for us. So I'd like you to get away from thinking of them as self-care. So for example, raise your hand or raise your mental hand if you rely on a glass or two or more of wine per night. Or maybe it's not wine, maybe it's beer, right? Whatever it is to wind down as part of your self-care routine. I'm here to tell you that's not really self-care. Now, I'm not saying you can't have a glass of wine upon occasion. I drink wine. We have a wine cellar in our house. (laughs) No judgment there, right? But I don't want you to look at this as part of your self-care because it's really not. There's a lot of better ways to take care of yourself. And I want you to start finding those other ways, simple ways, okay? So let's talk a little bit about what it means to be well. Not just feel well, but be well. So number one, 
You want to feel energized in the morning. You want to wake up and feel like, all right, I can take on the day. Number two, you want to feel relaxed at night before you go to bed so that you can put your head on the pillow and actually go to sleep and not have like a million different thoughts racing around in your mind about, oh my God, did I do this? Did I do that? What do I have tomorrow? What's on my plate? You know, we all do that, right? So being well isn't just about the physical. We tend to think about the physical stuff, the I need to be physically fit. Yes, that's included. But it also includes the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the what you need to be well. So that's the question I want you to ask yourself. What do I need in this moment right now to be well? And don't think big, think small. Little things have a positive ripple effect and grow and make a real impact. So perhaps you don't have that much time to go do an hour-long workout. I certainly dealt with that. Towards my year-end in my finance practice, I would have about a four- to six-week period where I couldn't do the same workouts that I did the rest of the year because things really were that busy and I needed to get in early and I came home late. But I still worked out. Instead of working out for 45 minutes, I might do a 15-minute yoga one morning, a 20-minute walk another day, a 15-minute HIIT workout another day. I would fit something in that made me feel good about myself and kept me active and moving physically. It doesn't have to be long. It can be little things, okay? And then also think about the mental, the spiritual Maybe it's that you just need 10 minutes of quiet time every morning to get things together and think, or prayer time, or reading time. Maybe it's to read the Bible or to read a book, something. Little things add up. What is that that you need, okay? And when you're thinking about what do I need right now to be well, remember to ask this question often because it changes based on your circumstances. We tend to get really caught up in big routines and habits, and we think we have to keep them up. And yeah, it's nice to have routines and habits, but sometimes life does not allow for that, and our circumstances change what we need. So I want you to ask this question often, every morning and every evening at least. And then also think about, okay, what do I need to be well when it comes to getting my head on that pillow and being able to go to sleep? How do I download all the stuff that's in my mind? How do I get rid of it? Maybe it's talking to your spouse every night for 15 minutes just to like let it out. Sometimes my husband and I'd like to do that. That's self-care, y'all. You need to kind of broaden how you think of self-care, Okay. Sometimes it's to journal it out. I have some clients who absolutely love journaling, and it's funny because none of them come in thinking they want to journal. (laughs) I just got to tell you that. But oftentimes what they find is they don't journal on a daily basis. I don't do that either. But what I do and what they definitely do, they do it more often than me even, is to when things get really crazy and really busy and feel stressful and overwhelming, just to like dump it all out on paper really helps get it out. And it helps them then to kind of organize what's going on. That actually can be self-care. And then as you're asking yourself this, also ask, how can I do less? How can I do less? We often take on way too much around the holidays. 
a lot of personal things that add a lot of pressure to our lives. And a lot of this has to do with trying to create the perfect moments, right, around the holidays, to, to create the perfect um, Thanksgiving dinner or the perfect Christmas Eve or Christmas morning or whatever it is for you. And we take on too much in trying to do that. So I want you to think about, well, how can I do less? Do I really need to do those things? And do I really need to do them right now? So you want to think about when you're asking these questions, what can you delegate to other people? Because there's lots of people who can help you with things, both the personal and the professional, right? What can be delegated? Get as much off of your plate as you possibly can. Secondly, what can be pushed to later? Sometimes things we think need to be done because they've been on our plates for a while, but they don't really need to get done now and they can come later, like after the holidays, push those things off. If there's something you really do need to do, but it's not as timely, push it off to later. And then also seriously consider what you can let go of entirely. What can you let go of? What doesn't even have to get done ever? And really think about the things that you've placed upon yourself as a burden because of the holidays, those things we put pressure on ourselves to create those perfect moments. We're going to get a little more into the perfect moments a little bit later in this episode. But think about, do I really need that? Is that really you know, creating the benefit I wanted out of it? Be real with yourself. And when you say, when you ask these questions, notice I'm adding really in there with kind of that tone. Use that tone of voice. Your, your mind, when you ask those questions in that way and use that tone, are much more likely to come back and go, like, yeah, you're right. I don't need to do this. Or I don't need to do this right now. Or I don't need to create the perfect moment. I can drop these things. Okay? So ask better questions of yourself and be really honest with the answers. All right, so that's number one. Number two, and this is a big one and I've already alluded to it, but let's go a little bit deeper into it. Simplify. Think smaller, okay? So there's two parts to simplification. Number one is determine your real priorities, real priorities, y'all. We often prioritize way too many things. And let's be clear about something. If you are prioritizing more than like two or three things at once, you don't have any priorities because it's impossible to prioritize all those things. And even if you have two or three priorities in any given moment, you can only prioritize one thing at a time, right? So let's say you're looking at your week and you've got like 10 things you think need to get done. Well, you're going to have to find ways to offload some of that and really determine what are my true priorities for this week to get done. Determine what those are. Shouldn't have more than three, by the way. And then determine how you're going to get them done. And in any given moment, there's only one of them you can do at a time. So that's your actual priority in that moment. Now, I've had some episodes on prioritization. And I'm going to link to those in the in the uh, show notes. If you have not listened to them, you need to go back. And I know you're really busy now, so maybe you set this aside for later, for when everything 
like dies down, but don't forget to go back and listen to these because they're really important. There's an entire episode of what priorities really are and the mindset around prioritization that you must listen to. And then there's a step-by-step how to prioritize, okay? So go back and listen to those. Now, something I want to add to this is when you're determining your real priorities, start with the big who. Like, who are your actual priorities? You, right? (laughs) You, you need to be well to serve others, so you should come first. Family, clients, firm, you know, who are your priorities? Start with the who and then determine the what from the who, okay? So when you're simplifying, start with your priorities and make sure you understand who they are and what they are so that you can focus just on those things and let go of all that other stuff or push that other stuff off or delegate it to other people, all right? So I've already said your number one priority had better be you, which means prioritizing self-care. And you do this in these really busy times by keeping self-care super simple. So part two of your simplification is to make sure you've really simplified your self-care. When we're simplifying self-care, we want to broaden first our definition of what self-care means and really do keep in mind that it's just about being well in this moment, on today, for this week, given what's going on in your life. And so that does mean that you don't have to do every single routine that you typically keep up with, but you do need to do something for yourself that helps you feel spiritually, mentally, psychologically, and physically well. So maybe that's taking 15 minutes every evening to journal, to get all those thoughts cluttered in your mind out so that you don't, your head doesn't hit the pillow with them all in there so that you can sleep well at night. Maybe it's you take five minutes after lunch or before lunch or in the middle of the afternoon to meditate. Maybe it's that you take a 15-minute break to go for a walk. Or if you're working from home one day and your kid's at home, to spend 15 to 20 minutes playing a game or reading a book with them. That's self-care, y'all. That can be, right? Kind of depends on what you need. This is why those questions are so important. What do you need to be well? Does it, do you need more connection with people? Do you need to pick up the phone and call your best friend or your mom or your dad or your brother or sister and have a 20-minute conversation with them? Do you need to leave one hour early this week on just one day to pick your kids up from school so that you can spend some time with them, go take them to dinner, have some fun with them, and then work later that night? I want you to start shifting your perspective around what self-care is and then do it very intentionally in small, simple ways so that you can start paying more attention to the things you already are doing that actually are self-care, which will raise your spirits, give you more mental energy to get through this tough time. And then also start doing those small, simple things that really do have a bigger impact over time. As I said, there's a ripple effect to all of this, y'all. The other thing I will add is, I think I've offered this before, but I'm going to offer it here again. If this sounds like something that you really want to focus on, 
and you need help with. Be sure to sign up for my Get Re-Energized 7-Day Self-Care Challenge. It is a 7-day challenge where you get one lesson and one challenge per day. The good news is it is designed to take 15 minutes or less per day. That's reading the email that has the lesson in it and doing the actual challenge, okay? And it's really designed around helping you kind of shift your mentality and whole perspective around what self-care is and truly prioritize it. And it's going to help you do the simplification that we're talking about here. So I will have a link to that challenge in my show notes. Highly recommend you do it. It will help you with this during this tough time. And then maybe that's all you do for seven days, right? And then it will help shift your perspective and you can continue it as you continue through this year. All right. So that's number two. So number one is to ask good questions, ask better questions. Number two is to simplify. Number three is to let go of perfectionism. And what I'm really talking about here is that holiday perfectionism that so many of us fall prey to. And I got to tell you, this has been me in the past. I still have a little bit of it, but I've, I've gotten a lot better. I know it's not easy. But we tend as lawyers to be perfectionists. And what I've seen is a lot of us carry that into our personal lives in various ways. And so you are a holiday perfectionist if you want the Christmas tree decorated a perfect way, if you, you know, have to cook the perfect things or just the right things or create the wonderful moments and experiences. And a lot of times we do this because we want – We remember our childhood and we remember how magical it felt and we want to create those magical moments again for ourselves, but especially for our family members and our friends, right? And our kids, if we have kids. I'm here to tell you that that's not how it works. What this does is it puts pressure on us to create moments that cannot ever exist because perfectionism doesn't exist. You're just creating more stress for yourself. You're over planning Here is what you really need. You need to do less. You need to let go of all that perfectionism. Here's a mindset shift to help you with that, that I want to tell you. It's really a truth that I want you to take in and think about and and adopt. That holiday magic that you remember has nothing to do with perfect moments and especially stuff that was pre-planned. So I want you to take a moment and look back to your childhood. Look back to what made things truly magical for you if you're trying to create this. Or if you didn't have these experiences and you're wanting to create these experiences, think about the moments you've seen in other people's lives that you've looked up to. What made those moments truly magical and seem perfect? I guarantee if you look at it truly honestly, you're going to notice that they aren't about planning okay you can't plan the joy often they're unplanned moments they're really about being fully present with people you care about connecting on a deeper level feeling listened to having a moment to just communicate and be with people that you care about and laugh at silly things Those are not planned. So allow for no plans. Allow for spontaneity and creativity. 
It's going to take a lot of the stress away. You're not going to feel like you have to over plan or be perfect or do so much. It's going to help you to delegate more to other people right? Maybe you buy cookies instead of make them. Maybe you have somebody else wrap the presents. Maybe you allow your kids to wrap the presents and be messy about it as opposed to you, right? For your spouse or for friends. Or you let your husband help you. This is all coming from my own experiences, FYI, (laughs) in case you hadn't noticed, okay? So I've also written an article about this before, about my battle with holiday perfectionism and how it showed up for me, how I realized it was an issue, the big causes of all of it, and how I overcame it. So I'm going to provide a link to that in the show notes in case you want to go a little bit deeper and get some other ideas. I highly recommend you go check that out if this is something that you also have dealt with. Because I promise it can really um, take away a lot of that overwhelm and stress that you tend to feel around the holiday season. Okay, so that was step number three. Step number four is to calendar actual downtime. And when I say downtime, I mean downtime, y'all. So you need time to not do anything. I'm talking about breaks throughout the day. Remember that podcast I mentioned earlier on? So you're going to need some breaks while you're working for real downtime so you can allow your like thoughts to kind of calm down and not feel so chaotic. You're also going to need some times throughout the week for yourself. I highly recommend at least 10 to 15 minutes on a daily basis towards the end of the day where you just kind of do nothing and let your thoughts go crazy. I know that sounds crazy. It's actually in my Get Re-Energized Challenge, by the way. But what that does for you is it allows you to kind of Let a lot of the subconscious stuff that's just going on and bubbling up in your head that when we get busy, we don't let come out to come out. And it gives you a lot more self-awareness around things that are in there and what you can do about it. The other thing I would say is maybe consider having a piece of paper when you do that because oftentimes things will come up that you didn't realize were there that you want to make note of, okay? So I recommend that. But you then also need other periods throughout the week that are just for you. Okay, that you allow yourself to go for a walk, to be with your kids, to like schedule that time. And when I say downtime, I don't necessarily mean that you have to be all by yourself doing nothing. But it needs to be something that you don't think of as work, something that doesn't stress you out, something I would suggest that's more playful and spontaneous. So just like block the time out and then when you get to it, do something, whatever you feel like with your kids, with your spouse, with a friend, on your own if that's what you need. And it could be going to a spa. It could be going and reading a book. It could be, you know, um, listening to some music. It could be working out. It could be whatever it is that you need. Remember, ask those questions. And ask those questions during those time periods and figure out what do I need now. I'm going to go do it because I have this 45 minutes or hour blocked off for me. Now, I know you're going to have all these excuses running around your heads. Well, Heather, I don't have time. That's BS. And I'm I'm just going to tell you right now. You can find a couple of times per week, no matter how busy you are, for a 45 minutes of your time. Okay? Make that time. Give it to yourself. You will be better for it. And you will serve your clients better for it. You will do better work. You will be more productive. 
So let's get to the final and fifth step. Now it is time to quickly review your boundaries and ensure that they are strong enough and that you are truly enforcing them. So in going through these questions and simplifying self-care and letting go and calendaring downtime, it's going to bring to your attention some areas where perhaps you haven't been either like enforcing your boundaries or you just don't have boundaries. You've said yes when you wanted to say no. You feel overrun, not in control, disrespected by others. That means you got some boundary issues. And you need to take a moment to really reflect on them and review, okay, what's going on here and how can I strengthen them? This is not something that should take very long. And if you find it taking a long time, it means that you're rebelling internally against doing it because you don't you don't like what you're finding, okay? So for example, maybe you have a mother-in-law that lives in town and she loves to show up your house without scheduling it. The boundary would be you need a rule in place for her to call first and schedule it with you. Otherwise, you say no, she can't come in. None of that takes long. Like that's not a time-consuming thing to do. It's just that it's not comfortable. But you need to do it, right? Or maybe a client continually calls you with things they could be emailing you about. And they always want to talk it out, not allowing you to do the work you need to do on their deal to get it closed. You need to have a conversation with them about, hey, look, here are the kind of issues that I need you to email me about because I'm so busy working on your stuff, I need to get it done, right? They'll respect you for that. But that's a boundary that needs to be set. And then you need to enforce it by not answering their calls every time they call, right? And getting back to them. Doesn't mean you don't get back to them, but setting a schedule and following what you told them you would do. Maybe you have a colleague who insists on barging into your office to interrupt you all the time. You need to have a conversation with them about when my door's closed, you don't come in. And if they do, you say, God, I can't, I can't talk. Sorry, you're going to have to come back. For the next two hours, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. When it comes to boundaries, you've probably identified where you need them. Be honest with yourself about what you want your rules to be. That's your boundary, right? The rule you need people to follow. Then be honest about how you have communicated it to others in the past. This is where we typically fall down because we don't like those difficult conversations. They're not comfortable. And you need to then have those conversations and then how you're enforcing them. So there's three parts, right? The rule, the boundary itself, the communication about the boundary to the people you need to communicate with, and then the enforcement. And if you need more help on that, I have a whole episode around setting and enforcing your boundaries. So go listen to it. I will put a link to it in the show notes. So those are the five steps. Let's quickly recap. Number one, ask the right questions and be sure you're asking them often. Then I want you to keep things super simple. Think small. Prioritize and simplify self-care. Next, I want you to let go. And especially that holiday perfectionism. Number four, schedule your downtime. And remember to ask those questions during that downtime so that you can do the things you need in those moments. And number five, review your boundaries. Make sure you've set proper boundaries, you've communicated them, and you're enforcing them. 
So before I go, I'm going to give you a couple more ideas. I've had a couple throughout here, but I want to give you some ideas of how to simplify self-care, the kind of things you can do when you don't have as much time, yet you still want to take good care of yourself. Maybe take a three to five minute breath meditation every day. Going for a walk outdoors. Eating mindfully. That's where you take just a couple of minutes at the beginning of a meal to really pay attention to how the food looks, how the food tastes, how the food smells, how the food feels. Um, you could color. Coloring is actually a very kind of calming activity. I actually have a client who does this, and I do this upon occasion. You could have a one-hour period every day with zero electronics. You could practice gratitude every day. We went into gratitude recently, right? And if you missed that episode, go back and listen to it. Watch a funny video or a show that makes you laugh. You can turn on some music and jam out to it. That actually is a big self-care item for me. You can do what's called eating the rainbow, which basically means trying to eat as many different color of foods as you can. The fresher, the better. You can even take naps. 15 to 20 minute naps can be incredibly helpful. And sometimes when you're just really busy, that's what you need. Take a 15-minute nap. Set an alarm. If you're working from home, this really works well. Now, of course, this does not mean that you shouldn't still exercise regularly. But when you're busier than usual, what I'm trying to tell you is there are ways to still fit very simple practices in that can get you through those tough times when you don't have the time to do the hour-long workout or whatever it is you usually do. And again, to help you take on this simple kind of self-care transformation, I invite you to join the Get Re-Energized Self-Care Challenge. It is a seven-day challenge. It will be delivered to you via email so that you'll get it every single morning, and it will transform how you even think of self-care. So here are some things that participants have said about it in the hopes to get you to actually join it. So comment number one, Heather, your suggestions were so fantastic and very doable. Another participant said, wow, I finally have clarity about what's a necessity for me to feel mentally and emotionally well. Another person said, uh, your challenge, it gave me the tools for how to creatively fill self-care into my life, even when I feel like I don't have the time. Total game changer. All right, that is it for this week. Next week, we are going to get into goals. I'm huge into goal setting and achievement. It's a lot of what I help my clients do. And so since we are headed into the end of the year, it is really that time of year. So don't miss next week's episode. We're going to get into some of the more common goal setting mistakes that I tend to see and how to avoid them for yourself. That's it for this week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life & Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a follower or subscriber, be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both Life & Law, including the Life & Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.